And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Let's, uh, let's, as always, welcome our sponsor, the Holy Grail down at the banks. Thanks to everyone uh, the past couple of weeks that has joined us down at the banks. Uh, we had a great time at both watch parties. We went one and one where it weren't perfect, but uh, I had some delicious pizza. Uh, we had some uh, some wings and a couple beverages and enjoyed watching some Bearcats basketball. So uh, when you're down at the banks, make sure you stop by and visit our good friends at the Holy Grail. Remember, for every Cincy Light that you drink at the Holy Grail, they will donate an additional 50 cents to Cincy Reigns. All right. Let's... Uh, Let's get to it, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I uh, let's see. You know, had a had a good uh, good day. Got a got a good workout in today. wasn't wasn't feeling it, but I I fought through with uh, the enthusiasm and toughness not known by many human beings. You know, the intestinal fortitude. I think Nico would be proud. I, I, maybe uh, you could get your own group and just declare yourself the winner. Like you take a shot and you're like, group nine is the winner this week. And it's just you. Yeah. I, I feel like a winner, you know? <laughs> oh, man. So how was your night last night, Dave? It's fine. Played basketball with Will. You know, watched... Uh, watch most of the game. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, it gets tough. Will goes on a run. You gotta, you gotta buckle down. You gotta, you know. Well, you, you I, call, I called Will's you and, and told you because it was yeah. Let's, freaking let's hilarious. Do it. I want to hear. It. But, it's, it's funny. So second half, we're we're playing and watching, and Houston hit like I think what Sharp hit like two threes in a row to put the lead at like seventeen. Yeah. They called timeout, and all the players are, you know, crossing past, and there's a lot of people on the court. And Will goes, is the game over? And Rachel goes, no. And he goes, seems like it. <laughs> the observation of children, Dave. I was they, like, they yeah. are. And we both just laughed. I was like, yeah, you kind of nailed it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, No, but yes. Yeah. No, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati Falls at Houston, 67-59. I know a lot of people are worked up about this, that, and the other. For me, I didn't see any. They weren't going to win that game. So uh, I didn't have any anticipation that they were going to win that game. Then they get down 14-2. to uh, They miss, I think, five point-blank layups. They miss three wide-open jumpers. Um, I maybe maybe my my expectations were low uh, because they were and I don't know I think the only thing I really wanted to see was like do they have any fighting them or are they going to get beat by 30 because they yeah. didn't have any fighting them in Oklahoma State or TCU really like right yeah not I mean, I mean, not, not fight like dig in and, and fight yeah B- being mad at the result last night I think that you're. Ju- I think you're just like that's a that's a cumulative thing at this, <laughs> yeah. at this point in the season. Like, 
you know, I, I be mad at the result. That's fine. I mean, I think everybody should be mad anytime that their favorite team loses a game. Um, but like, you know, don't be mad at the result in the sense of like, we should have won. I mean, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think so. Um, there are elements that are frustrating the hell out of me, but the actual like win and loss portion of that game specifically, I mean, they're really good. Obviously the number one team in the country right now, UC has their warts that we have talked about ad nauseum. Um, so that thing is, that part of it is not to me to be unexpected. I think we're starting to see this like dichotomy though of, and I'm pretty much right in the middle, which doesn't make for great, um, you know, podcasting. No, it does, but like I'm not a fly <laughs> off the handle. I'm not a fly off the handle person. Like we've we've started to develop this like either you are like what Wes out, which I think is ridiculous, or we I've noticed we've kind of started to to coalesce this group of like it's not as bad as it seems, and the trajectory is there, and I'm not quite there either. Um, because, well, yes, I'm not taking the Houston result, there are two Houston results really into consideration. Like, there does come a point though for me where, like, you're you're that close so often. Like, what is the reason that we're not getting over the hump? And and not this game specifically, even though they made it much closer no, than, know. like I just said, they were down 17 in the in the second half and and, and didn't quit. And there is value to that. But at the same point, like, I kind of feel like we're starting to become, like, at least in, in the fan base to some extent, like the Tyler Hansborough of this season, where it's like when 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 the he plays really hard is the first thing you say about someone, that usually means, like, they're actually not that good at the sport. And that that's him from, like, an NBA standpoint. He was an excellent know, college basketball player. Um, but it's like, I'm kind of just, I've had enough of the, like, hey, they play real hard. And they could have lost by 30 and they didn't. Like, okay, that's fine. And I, I get it. But, like, it's hard for me to have that backed up with the didn't really give a shit on defense against Oklahoma State. And then I actually didn't see any of the TCU game, which sounds like I didn't miss much. Um, so, but, you know, I think we're – I'm in the middle of that. Like, do I want to get West, West fired? No, that doesn't accomplish anything at this point. But am I also – I'm also not like uh, I'm having a harder time seeing these points that I think some are trying to make of like how this is not as bad as it seems or the overall trajectory of the program is still going in a very good direction. I, I mean, yeah, I think you could say it's going in a good direction, but I think some are a little bit further along in that regard than I am because let's be honest. I mean, they're five and 10 in the conference and that's in, with a lot of very, very close losses. And that's incredibly disappointing to me. And that's fair. Um, the point I think that, well, here's the other problem that we have, Dave, is that the, when, when, when one group takes a wild stance this way, it forces the other another group There's, to it, try to it erases the middle it. ground. It erases right. the middle ground because I think everybody that is rational is kind of maybe not all the way where you're at, but pretty close to where you're at. Like 
you know, the roster is is solid. There's really nobody uh, on the roster that you look at that plays, and you're like, that guy just doesn't belong in the Big 12. Like, get that guy. Like, he, he has no business playing in this league. Right. Which, in this league, it gives you some some positive energy in terms of the roster construction. They are putting Big 12 quality players on the roster. Um, the more that we watch, Dave, the more that I think there was probably a, an overcorrection one way um, when it comes to the idea of we are going into our first year in the Big 12. We need to be big. We need to be tough. We need to be physical. We need a bunch of seven-footers and guys that can protect the rim and rebound. Right. And, and those things are necessary. But what I would say I've learned from this league is that it's not like the old Big East in a no, lot of ways. No, certainly not. And I'll, I'll make a point to that. But I had that same thought as you did. I mean, it's very easy to go hindsight. But watch, watching these games, and especially the way the offense has been, you, pro- you, know, you probably would look back and go, did – we probably didn't need as many bigs and we need we we would have been more more beneficial with another wing scorer or or two guard oh, scorer whatever you want to call it. because last night they flashed a graphic UC's averaging was averaging 74.9 points per game and that I don't think that is just in big 12 play I think that's yeah, probably that's for, for the season. season right and they're ninth in the league in scoring right this is and, and I wonder how much of it is is born from there are a lot of great defensive teams in this league. And that has created a correction that you you better get some scores. Like you better get some guys that can score against good defense because if you've got guys that are good but not great on offense, as you go through this 18 and next year 20 game grind, they are going to figure you out in this league. And they are going to take away what you're good at. And they are going to grind your offense to a halt. If you don't have one, two, sometimes three, sometimes four in this league, guys that can individually get a bucket. I mean, just think about, I mean, you've watched way more of the league in general than I have. but I love it. I can't are, get enough there, of it. There are a <laughs> lot of good, good to really good defensive teams in this league. Great. Um, how many games, how many games do you remember that were 56 55 or 63 59 not a ton i mean a lot of houston games did, did, did you know but no you the they held the team to that but they scored right. in the 70s <laughs> right um actually i think 67 i think the lowest they scored was that 65 when they got blown out of kansas the next two lowest totals are 67 against us. both cincinnati right so yeah, exactly I mean, I, and 62 I think, and 59. And that I think the the team is just the turnover thing to me as just a basketball fan is Frank is infuriating. Yeah. Like I, I mean that's a total program that I mean, we're talking decimals. So like when I say they're 243rd in the country in turnovers, I mean there's a lot of teams like tied with them for whatever that spot. I mean, you're, you're talking fractionals and stuff. So that's not as, 
but just watching the games. I mean, you don't have to tell me the stats. Watching the games. I mean, they have 49 turnovers in their last three games. That that part to me is just like, what what is going on? You know, people can say, well, who else is who else are they going to put in? Okay, well then that's a recruiting problem to me. So, like, I, I've been thinking about exactly this a lot since last night. And what seems like the most logical answer to me is West took a calculated risk. And that calculated risk is a long-term risk. And that was, we're going to bring in two point guards as we go into a league that we know nothing about, that we know is the best league in the country. We're going to bring in two point guards that we know are talented. But they've never dribbled a basketball in a Division One game. And we are going to put this on the shoulders of these two guys that are learning, running an offense in this league. And I think they were counting on CJ to be there as the two guard that was really heady. Like maybe he's not going to have the, you know, he's not going to be dribbling a lot. But you're going to be running offense through him. You're going to be running offense through Simas. Like that, I think, was initially the plan that you would have one of those point guards on the floor and either one or two of Simas and CJ, usually two, you know, ideally. And that that would make your offense kind of mask having the two young point guards, especially after Micah left. Um. You know what? But that's like, not a winning. And they've had their They're not games. Bad. That's my point. Is they've everybody's had their games where they've had three, four, or five turners. I'm less concerned about them as I am the two, three, four, or five guys well, that actually have experience yeah. and keep turning the damn ball over. Like I'm. That's the other thing that's been I'm a not okay. Problem. I'm not okay with it, but like that wasn't understood coming in. Like. Two guys, a freshman and a Juco that have never played in this level, they're going to have games where they turn the ball over. It's the other guys. It's Seamus yeah. averaging three a game. It's Vic during that stretch where it was like, as soon as he touched the ball, it just went to the other team. Like those are the <laughs> those are the situations that frustrate me more than the point guards because they're not veterans. They're not developed players yeah, yet. Yeah, but here's here's what I would say to that though, Dave. When you don't have that guy, then everybody kind of gets put in a like. And what what I mean by that guy is, I mean the guy with the ball in his hands. Right. Oh yeah. Like Jamal Shedd has the ball in his hands a majority of the time for Houston. Um, the the kid at Kansas, like his name escapes me. Right, their point guard. Jamal Harris. Jamal Harris. Harris. Yeah. Um, those teams are smoother offensively because they know. Like, this guy has the ball. Definitely. So when, when you don't have that, and what's what's dr- driven, driven me mad, Dave, is that it's never – one night it's the point guards where they, they combine for seven turnovers. And then the next night it's Dan and Simos, and they have eight. And then the next guy – the next night it's, it's, it's Aziz and Jamil have six. And so there's never, like – there's never any one thing – and this is part of like what has been going through my brain today. 
there's never really any that one predetermined thing that like, okay, we know if we fix this, we fix our turnover problem. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you evaluate this team, and that's what's been the frustrating part to me, is that you can't really, like, I'm not going to compare the teams because it's not fair, but, like, Hugs and Mick, you knew no matter what, night in, night out, 95% of the time, we're going to play defense and we're going to rebound. Yeah. This, I mean, this team, team has done that. Mm, but it but it hasn't though. I mean Oklahoma yes, State has. Oklahoma State it didn't. I okay, mean there's that's... been plenty of times that they have let that element slip. It's mm, just something in conference play, defense, Oklahoma State was bad. Who else was who else were they bad defensively against in conference? Well, I would imagine Saturday TCU. Well, I that State. wasn't that wasn't defense. That was uh, a layup line uh in transition. Twenty five. That game was still in the 60s, wasn't it? I don't know. But, okay, I mean, maybe maybe I'm misjudging a little bit there. But Their defense did, over the past, like, three weeks, they had a couple games where the defense was not what it had been. But yeah. through the first, I would say through the first 10 games yeah. of the league, they were the, the second or third ranked team in the league in defensive efficiency. Defensive and rebounding have been, I won't, defensive rebounding been have there, better. by and large been there. Right, but then it's like the perfect example is last night, and this is not a like win or lose thing, but it's like you played pretty great defense yeah, and rebounded did. your ass off, yeah, and then did. you turned the ball over and yeah. couldn't shoot, right? And it's like so they're you know they're just in this and that they're in this stage where they're not able and you know is that a talent thing? Is that a coaching thing? Is that a both thing? I don't know and. I'm not really here to analyze it too deeply, but I, like, I, I will. I, I think it's a roster construction thing, and it was a bit of a miscalculation on what what it takes to win in this league. Like, so I then, think it was a a guess as to we want to be the bigger physical, like come in, rebound, defend, but that's not enough in no. this league. That's not enough. And they obviously, the CJ thing, I mean, look, I've talked to a bunch of people around the country. They all told me the same thing. We would have taken him. In this day and age, the, the way that shot making is, is valued in this sport, everybody would have taken him. Kentucky took him coming out of Iowa with, with injury concerns. So it's hard to really... It's easy I mean, in hindsight to say you shouldn't have taken CJ. No, see, I'm not going to say that. I don't have a problem taking CJ. My problem is knowing all of those things, we probably should have taken another one, another, a backup plan. Yeah. To that, to to exactly to combat but, exactly what has happened. But this Dave, year, understand that gets a little tougher when you're like, okay. Uh, we also want you to come in, and you're going to have hey, C.J. Frederick, yeah, uh, Dan Skillings, but... John Newman, Seamus Lukosius. Okay. So what changes next year? Because that, uh, well, that, that same it's tougher I, man thing is going to still exist. No. If, 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 if you can't sell coming in here and playing the two, you shouldn't be assistant coaching. 
But then, but I think they need a lot more than just a guy to come in and play the two. There's not going to be, I, I don't think there's going to be a shit ton of spots. And if there are, then you're just going to be backfilling the spots that you thought you would have to begin with. I mean, I think two uh, to three spots is what ends up opening up. I oh, think okay. you need well, then a. That, I mean, that's what I, that's what I would hope as well, because like, let's be real. If that doesn't happen, how is this team from an offensive standpoint outside of just guys making natural gains, but so will all the teams that they play. You're, they're not going to be the only sure. team that has guys that get better. Um, how are they going to get better offensively is my question. Like, I think you have to be in the portal with whether it's shooter, scorer, heavy, heavy, heavy offensive mentality additions. You need a combo slash scoring guard that's going to reliably, efficiently get you 14, 15 points a night. Like, I think that is a must-have on this roster. Oh, yeah, and like, uh, and then a very legitimate shooter. A wing shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. someone that can take advantage. Because, like, we've talked about it. The offense, for the most part, the structure, the flow, has not been the problem. No. We need someone that can just stand there and hit open shots, frankly. Because they've had plenty of them, and no one really with any consistency... <laughs> There's nobody that can do it, right? ...has been able to make them. So I'm not talking about, like you know, like some white guy that, whose last name ends in a vowel that you just stick in the corner and he does nothing else but, like, sit there and wait till the ball they gets They could use one of those. They sure as shit could. But in this league, we've also noticed, too, that even though the offense is, is what we're talking about, like you can't be a zero on the defensive end. Oh, that's the other thing about this league that has really stood out to me, Dave. If you put a guy – like there is no hiding anybody in this league. You might be able to do it for a game or two or in a matchup or two. Like, okay, depending that's on the, their – Depending on the opponent, yeah. Right, like that's their weak link, so we can maybe hide him there. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to find you. They're going to throw the ball to the guy that you're guarding. They're going to set a ball screen. Or they're going to they're going to run an action. And that guy is going to put the guy you're trying to hide on skates. It's just the nature of the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm not advocating for, <laughs> for West to have to have any hard conversations, but we're all adults here. Like you're going into year four. You, you better well, figure I think stuff out. Here's the thing, Dave. And and we talk about this with players. Now the players understand what this league is about. Now the players understand better, you know, what it takes to grind through this thing. The, the people that should take the biggest jump from year one to year two better be the coaching staff. Right. Because you don't know. Like, you can call and you can talk to everybody. You can think, like, you've got a grasp on what it's going to take to win in this league. Until you go through it, you don't. But now that you have, you better be able to take the lessons you've learned and, you know, take that vision of what you learned and make your roster look more like that. 
what what you think you need to win because it's evident that they have enough to be right there with anybody in this league but they don't have enough to get over the hump and you have to recruit to get over the hump like now you know and knowing is half the battle dave it is i agree <laughs> little gi joe there for you yeah but yeah it's just i mean I like, I like a lot of the pieces, but you know, and I think we just talked about it. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, probably doesn't fit exactly how you would have, especially with CJ going down for, right for as much of time as he has. Um, but it has, if this didn't, you know, and I don't even think that there's a, a fear of an overcorrection. Like you can't get some bucket getters in my mind yeah you can't have enough offense man if you want to get into a shootout with someone and, you, and it's 85 82 i don't really care guess what baylor's won with with an elite offense mm -hmm. and pretty crappy defense like they've still managed to hang around the top of the league uh kansas kind of similar you know yeah houston and iowa state their defense is at the top of the league but they don't stink on offense no because they have guys like LJ Cryer, like Jamal Shedd, that whenever, like, what was the stat? I don't know if it was the first half or whatever. Uh, what? Shedd had like 20 points, and the rest of the team had made, like, Cryer had like 20 points. The rest of the team had made three baskets or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you can survive for, for time periods, for segments when everybody else is having a hard go when you have a guy. So, I mean, go look at what Houston brought in. They brought in Cryer. They brought in Dunn. Uh, they brought yeah, in. Who really doesn't even play. Right. But that's my point is they like to, to get to what you're saying. Right. Calvin Sampson said, give me as many scores as I can get. And I'll figure out like which one is, is my guy. Mm -hmm. And and you know Dunn doesn't do anything really for that team. He's averaging right. six seven points a game. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that much. I didn't notice him hard at all last night. Uh, he played. He played but... eleven minutes. He was minus nine. He didn't score. Yeah, I mean he's playing a, a full rotational. You know. Yeah. He's a rotation guy at this point. He's playing two uh, rotations, one in each half, potentially. Averaging 6.3. Yeah, I, th I thought it was right yeah. around six. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, he's just. Might have, been, you know, might have been a lot closer to seven before he scored zero yesterday. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just. I think we're at this point in the season, there's. There's some brain drain and there's some, you know, some residuals of just not being able to score. Because yeah. I mean, like we're seeing John, he hasn't scored over seven points in five games, right? And he had a really nice streak of about five or six games prior to that, where he he was definitely more of a a piece offensively, and it's 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 not there now. And well, through what the first third of the season, he was averaging fourteen points a game. Yeah, like he was, you know, John goes from that to five. And Vic goes from your leading scorer, 14, 15 points to nothing. Essentially nothing. That's really hard to overcome. Right. Kudos to Vic for, for working his way out of it a little bit last night. A huge props there. Yeah. 
But I mean, but yeah, I mean, they've got their, you know, you know, the Big Twelve helps certainly to sell that. But like, you know, you're looking for scores. That's yeah. Everybody is looking for scores. Sure, you you better be in a decent position. You're open, like you're not going to go. Like I said, like if I see Alabama on a kid, like you know, the word is it's coming down to UC and Alabama. Like run as far away as you can. You're not getting yeah. that kid, right? Because whatever you pay, whatever you say you're going to pay them, Bama's going to be like, oh, okay, we'll pay you more. Yeah. Ah, okay, we'll pay you more. Ah, okay, we'll pay you more. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how many times you you up the ante. They're not going to be outbid. So to speak. No. Um, but in this league, with a clear opening for we need somebody to come in here and score, you you should be able to get a dude. Like it might not be a top five shooting guard transfer in the market, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, Tennessee got a guy that nobody had ever freaking heard of who is probably gonna win. SEC player of the year. So, right. It's, yeah. Just if you can get buckets, you can get buckets. Like, right. Find the guy, go get him, add him to this roster. And, and, and I'm, you know, if you can go find a 6'6 six, six shooter, I don't care how little he moves. Like, just have him stand there and, and bang in open threes. Offensively, that's okay. As long as he can defend a little and rebound. Um, but, that's you know that's the thing that's been glaring to me dave is offensively this league is i expected it to be good it's better than i expected yeah i mean is that that a fair way to put it from what you've seen for sure because i mean coming into the season you know kansas is always good offensively um but like, Baylor's usually the, good offensively. Drew the the really mid-range teams that I didn't know as much about, like a TCU, like a Texas Tech, um, they're all consistently up in the in the seventies and and you know eighties. I mean, what Kansas State is maybe the one disappointment offensively in the league, and they, they lost to a mil- flat all, out all their players. <laughs> yeah, well, but even more than that, they lost two dudes that were elite at here's the ball, put it in there. Yeah. What are you going to run? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I got a little guy and I got a wing and they're going to put buckets on your head constantly. So, you know, um, yeah. but if I mean, you look, look, Tyler Perry has been, he's going to be a problem Yeah. Saturday night. He was bad initially. And uh, he has gotten significantly better of late. Yeah, it's, I mean, they, you know, you you obviously hope that all the players that you want to return, return. Sure. You know, know. but I mean, and if that happens, I I like a lot of, of those pieces. But, you know, I, the Tylers, I think, can be really good players, but like, what are you realistically expecting to get out of them next year? You know, just look at Jizzle. He's, he's, I think he's had a pretty damn good freshman yeah. year in this conference, and it's still, you're still not 
really sure what you're going to get. So like, what are you really going to expect to get from, from those freshmen? So where, you know, where is, where is that pop coming from? So you've got to, you've got to hit that Uber hard and, and, and find, you know, and it puts you in a weird spot because again, like we talked, like you said, there's only one ball, you know, these guys are in the portal. They're going to be that the guy that UC needs, but UC just needs two or three of them. So what, how does that, how does that work? You know, who, who can you get I, in that when that's the situation? The, but here's the thing. I think they need one of them in terms of, we need you to come in, take a bunch of shots, have the yeah. ball on your hands all the time. I just mean need three, three of offensively guys. focused players yeah. because whether it's a shooter, a pure scorer, another wing ball hand, like they got to find offensive guys who are going to shoot the ball at a fairly good clip, can score and and t- cut down on the turnovers. But you also have to make sure you're losing John Newman, who's yeah. an elite defender. Right. Um, you have to make sure that you don't fall off a cliff defensively, as you right. said oh, before. Yeah. Like, so there is some. Okay, can we take this guy that like his tape just says not a willing defender? Like he right. might be the answer offensively, but he's eating a bunch of minutes that are coming while not directly from John Newman's spot. Dan and Seamoss, if they're you know assuming both are here, assuming all of like you said, the guys that they want return. Um, they'll take the John Newman minutes. The guy that comes in to play the guard spot, like, will eat into that. The same people, will, Dan and Simas, will be on the floor. This person is going to be taking generally the Newman, the, the minutes that John Newman played. Right. Um, so you can't have – now, I think Dan has improved drastically on defense. I think Simas, um, who I thought was a liability for half – of league play has started to not be, uh, Hey, throw it to me. Cause I've got this guy guarding me. That can't guard me. Right. I, I mean, think he's gotten be, better. We know what day day could be defensively. We know disease can be defensively. I think Yeah. Dan King, I think Dan can get there. Sure. Um, I think, I think Josh has gotten significantly better on the yeah. defensive end. But he has to he has to find more offense. Has sure. To. But if you are able to here's my point though, if you're able to bring in those type of guys, he can be your more Rashad Bishopy, like Yeah. Now he's not gonna be it in 25, easy 30 tiger. minutes. Easy tiger, easy. I'm just ish. I said ish. <laughs> don't don't bring that name up around here unless you're gonna come strong. He he can be that type <laughs> of guy for you, but he's not gonna be able to play. 25 minutes if he can't give you anything on the offensive end. Right. So it doesn't matter how great you are defensively if I if we're playing four on five offensively. When were they better? When were they at their best this year? When John Newman was not only being an elite defender, but was also scoring 13 points a game. Right. This team is significantly different. That's why they that well, part of the reason, a big reason they've lost five of the last six is because they played Houston twice in Iowa State. Uh, but I digress. Um, it, it's it, you know, there, there's going, to, it's going to be very interesting to me to see the self correction to bring it back together to see the self correction in roster building after a year in the league. 
If, if if they go defense or they go big again, then you didn't. I don't think you learned what uh, you needed to learn going through this league. Because when I go through this league, I see bucket getters uh, in a lot of places, in a lot of different spaces on the floor. That even if you're great defensively, make it tough on you. Um, I mean, you're just not. You're just not gonna. And I'm not even sure if it's necessarily like a a change in college basketball as a whole, but like you're just not going to consistently out defense teams to wins anymore. Yeah. Like you're not, you know, the Virginia, the Virginia is, is a toast program now. Yeah. They did that. They did that. What? Six, seven, eight years ago. It wasn't even that long ago. 55, 52 stuff like that. I mean, that's not you're not gonna be able to do it that way. And I'm not saying that UC is trying to do it that way, but no, no, I don't think they you, are. You've just gotta have way more options on the offensive end. Yeah, and I mean look, Dave. I, I think they 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 wanted, you know, they added Jamil, who was much more of an offensive guy oh, yeah. than a defensive guy. They added CJ, they added CMOS. Like I think there was some depth, you know, in the additions. They added Jizzle, whose offense clearly mm-hmm. offense right. over defense. Four of your seven additions last off, last offseason were offensive guys, but I think you learned like they weren't as dynamic offensively as what it takes. No, to be a all conference level guy in this league. Like I know Andrew talked about, like a like an NBA type guy or. Um, like a Landers type guy, like, yeah, land a Landers type. Like, look, Andrew, if you can promise me that they're going to get a six, seven wing, that's going to shoot 44% from three on heavy volume. Sign me up, sir. <laughs> sign me up. Think how yeah. different all of this would look. Sign all that the, guy all the other the programs in the country. Right. Like, right. There's not one program in the country that would turn that player down. <laughs> right. So, well, a lot of people turn Landers down. I mean, but nah, but you know what yeah, I mean. I, like, in hindsight, right, I know. But that's part of it, too, why it's such a crapshoot. Like, it, it, it's – I know it's easy to sit here and say this is what they need to go do. Uh, but what you hope happens is you do it, and the guy performs better than you even expected him to be. There's a whole lot of places that went out and paid a lot of money and brought in the guy, like the guy that was going to come in and score 17 points a game. Um, And now they're on the bench and can't, haven't done anything. And you're out a bunch of money uh, and your team stinks. (laughs) So yeah, uh, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about it, but by like to, to close the book on like what I was saying with data and jizzle, the, the gamble is that they are the answer long-term, that Jizzle's going to be your point guard for three, four years, that, that you're going to get a good year out of Day-Day in year one and a great year out of Day-Day in year two. Um, that's like, you know, that's the, the, the why, you, why you roll the dice on that. But unfortunately, the reality is, while they have been good in their first year, 
playing in a high major basketball league. They have often not been better than the guy across from them. And that really yeah, is what it comes most down Most of the time, the guys across from them are in their third, fourth year. and Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's why it was a gamble. And it's a gamble that, that it looks like in year one didn't fully pay off. Did it pay off some? Yeah, you got two good players. But did it pay off in, in getting you to the middle of the conference and in position for a, an NCAA tournament berth? No, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So I think it's okay to talk about it. I think it's okay to say West took a gamble on that. It's a it was a long term gamble, and we don't yet know what the the end payout is. What we know is they both had a pretty solid year one in terms of what was being asked of them. But in this league, that's not it's not good enough. Every yeah. Night in, night out. There's no, there's no, you know, easing your way in. No. And then, you know, and then next year, you hope that the pains of this year are pay off. Pay off. And then, you know, and then next year, you know, and next year, there's very little of the, you know, there's, here's the thing like, next year, we can't, I can't really do like the, Oh my God! They've played seven right teams in a row, or whatever. Because that's going to be every year, probably. Right. But like in year can't... one, it's overwhelming. In year two, yes. you better be ready for it. Absolutely. Because you just went from playing one ranked team for two months last year <laughs> right. to playing seven ranked teams in seven games. So yes, it is overwhelming in year one. But next year, it's not. It's not new. And right. that's every. That's every team every year. So. Sure. You just, you just got to deal with it. You can't, you can't, no, I don't want to hear any, anybody, because Wes hasn't said it, but like, I don't want to hear any fans be like, oh my God, they played all these hard teams. What do you think is going to happen next year? And the year after, and the year after. Like they're, the, they're not going to play what, all they, these hard teams next year? The league ain't getting weaker next year. It's getting stronger. Arizona's right. coming down those tracks. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I expected last night. It was what it was. I, I did. I was, I, I'm, I'm not, it's not a moral victory. It is not uh, anything that for me, other than to say, I, I would have had a lot of nasty thing, not nasty, but I would, I would have been a lot more negative if they didn't show the fight that they showed last night, because that was what was bothering bothersome about, especially Oklahoma state, and then they got to a point against TCU where they just kind of like they put it in neutral, right. you know. And they have that's not something they've done at all this year. So it's not something that I think is, you know, they haven't lost a game by 40, a game by 25, and a game by 20 right. in league play. So I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's at that at that level, but now. Go play Kansas State as hard as you played Houston, right? Go at Oklahoma and play as hard as you did against Houston. Because if you do that, you're going to be in a good position to win. And if you play like you did against Oklahoma State and for portions of that TCU game, you're going to be 5-13 and 13 
Dave. And the conversation we have this offseason, uh, if you're 7 11, 7 and 11, as opposed to 5 and 13, is vastly different. Vastly different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bearcat Mick, I've been talking about that a lot. Uh, not not just 18 conference games next year, 20. 20 conference games next year. If, if anybody's looking for the non-conference schedule to get tougher, it ain't happening. <laughs> no. You, you might see, hopefully you'll see a better MTE, the Xavier game, and then like a home and home. And maybe a neutral site if you really got it cooking. But with 20 conference games coming, that out-of-conference schedule ain't getting any 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 uh, stronger. It ain't it ain't gonna be fun trying to get through 20 of these bad boys <laughs> with with no nights off. Um anything else basketball related you want to get to? Um, I don't think so. You don't think so, or you don't know so? I don't think so. I'm good. Okay. I think I hit on most that I wanted to get to. Um, the, the bottom line is, Dave, is right now the roster is just not good enough. It's not far off. I, I, I don't think it's a scrap it and start over. I, no. I really don't. But there's work that needs to be done. It ain't there yet. It's it's yeah, solid. Because, like you scrap it and start over. Like you're 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 not going to be in a better place than you were this year. I I, I wouldn't believe. Right, right. Like you're just going to scrap it and bring in all better players. It's usually not how that works unless you got a whole lot of money in your war chest. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen at you know no. So yes, you have to. You have to live with some of the decisions that you've made and work your ass off to develop the, the these guys and then supplement them with players that we just talked about. Yep. And you hope your point guards take a jump and you hope Dan takes another jump and you hope you put CMOS in a more comfortable position being probably your third or fourth best offensive player, which is where I think he fits best. And he's a three, a really, really, really good three or four. They needed him to be a one. He's not that. It's asking him to do too much. So, you know, you. I think you need two of the centers back. I don't know if you need all three. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's getting it's getting crunch time, and I think we're crunch time in that. I mean, guess when the portal opens, Dave? Do you know? Well, I mean, what conference tournaments are in three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I assume when those are over, right? Selection Sunday, transfer yeah. portal Monday. Yeah. So we are not far off from this thing getting. Real serious, real quick. So it's funny how that works in college sports anymore. As soon as the season ends, it is the off season immediately. Immediately. Yeah, you, know, you know when that is, by the way? March 17th. St. Patty's Day. Two and, two and a half weeks. 
Yeah, two and a half weeks. Selection Sunday is St. Patty's Day, and then in two and a half weeks, the portal opens. <laughs> no, two and a half weeks from today. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Two and a half weeks, the portal opens. Yeah. Depends on what I'll you be, consider half a week, I guess. I'll be I'll Could be, be tracking all of the comings and goings from uh from Reno, Nevada. <laughs> All right, let's timestamp it. That is the Turtles Brewed timestamp. 6% ABV, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea. They've got uh, lemonade tea, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, uh, strawberry mint. Uh, 100 locations in and around Ohio. Visit turtlesbrewed.com for more information uh, on the drink and where you can pick it up. A portion of the proceeds go to save the sea turtles uh, pretty much all over Ohio or uh, or getting there quickly. So turtlesbrew.com, they will get you taken care of. Oh, Dave. All right. Let's get to uh, talking some football, some Bearcats football, as we are half a week, half a week away from the start of spring practice. Um, I will be there pretty much every day. Uh, I believe Keegan will be there every day and we will get you taken care of this segment brought to you by team ticker. There you see the C Paul Aaron's got the Bearcat. It's a one of a kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. If you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, a gift for that special Bearcats fan, an addition to your dorm room, uh, or your apartment on campus, just go to teamticker.com. Pick up your team ticker today. If you use promo code BCJ, you will save $50 off of your order. I got it right that time, Aaron. There you go. Thank I you. just want to, want to mention real quick before I switch to football. Um, yeah. That guy that I mentioned earlier that nobody had, had ever heard of before this year, he's got 27 again tonight. <laughs> Dalton Connect, is that his name? Yes. Connect, connect. I don't know how to pronounce. Yes, connect. Mm -hmm. Yes, like connect four. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah, K E N E C H T or something like that. K N E C T. Whatever. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> but yes, I mean, Northern Colorado transfer was basically UT or Oregon. Had no clue who the hell he was, and he's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. Did you see the Cavs no, game last night? I did. I saw the, shot. the Max Struess. Who was a Division II uh, transfer to DePaul, I think. And uh, now make, it, make, it 20, make it 29. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, you think he'll come? Is he available? You think you think? Yeah, I mean, like available for like the magic with the fourth pick or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. It, 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 yeah, I don't think, you know, I love the Bearcats, but uh, Tennessee and UC's NIL uh, positions not exactly uh, aligned. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into to talking some football brought to you by Team Ticker. Um, we talked offense last week. I, defensively, Dave, I just, I, I, I have to, I, I have to even, I don't, I don't know anything. 
really about this defense. Like, I don't know, other than Corleone, and I think you're pretty good at linebacker, uh, Dorian Jones, uh, Jonathan Thompson, um, Jack Dingle. Like, I think there's some bodies there. I, I don't know anything about this defense. I don't know what the scheme looks like. I don't know what I like about the scheme. I don't know what I dislike about the scheme. Um, it, it, it's hard to talk about because there's so much turnover that just had to happen. Yeah. Had to I mean, happen. Defensively, I've, I'm just in the spring. I'm really just looking at, I mean, we're just going to call it what it is. Like, I'm looking at lightweight speed, guys. Because, like, it's all install. They're not game planning. If the offense has a good day, that means nothing to me. If the defense has a great day, that means nothing to me as well. I'm looking at how these guys look compared to last year. Do we have anybody that looks like they might be able to get to the quarterback? And can these DBs cover? Yeah. And just like the, just the general, I won't say vibes because that's not the right word, but just like the general appearance and uh, look and feel of it. Like you'll know going in. Like you'll, it's hard to describe, but you, we'll know when we're standing there. I mean, if they look small, they look small. We've seen like, enough Bearcat practices over the years, and we've been yeah. pretty, we've been pretty spot on. For the most part, when we've said what we've thought of a position group or of of an offense or a defense, like you know, we've we've been pretty good with with what we've you know portray- describing what we're seeing. You know what I had somebody I, say to me last night, Dave? What's that? They said, are you guys ever going to like really discuss this team or are we always going to get the BCJ rose-colored glasses? Which team? Basketball. It was in the, oh. like, in the basketball thing. When have we gone rose-colored glasses on you? Just because we're not – we don't go nuclear on everything. We have very – I offer you Brent Young. Brent, I'm talking about me and Dave. <laughs> I mean, it's not my it's not my personality to to be like truly like bombastic, bombastic, and to say things that are made for uh, a fifteen second cut up to then post on Twitter, or to be an antagonist for the sake of being an antagonist. Like, I think I've been pretty straightforward in my like last year. This year, um, certainly in the John Brannon years, I was, I, I kind of called that one real damn early. Um, so, like, I don't know what, I mean, I've never said everything's fine. Like, I've never glossed right. over issues. Like, I don't know what, you hey, know. Hey, remember how much heat I... Remember how much heat I took at the in last preseason for football when I was like, look, everybody's talking about this is the best defensive line in the conference. Who's going to get to the quarterback? And if they don't have anybody that's going to get to the quarterback, then it's great to have Corleone and Briggs. They're awesome. 
But if you can't sack the quarterback, then your defensive line is not going to be the best defensive line in the conference. People told me I was nuts for that, Dave. Yeah. Um, Turned out looking gonna, pretty decent. We're going to watch one guy from the conference get drafted probably in the top 15 and the other guy in the in the second round. So I, I would go out on the limb and say that Texas had the best defensive the line best. in the country. Or at least the two best players, um, right? Or two of the best. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not. There's just, and if if well, that's it's, a death, it's what Andrew, that's a death, it's what Andrew said. If you don't want to fire somebody after every game that didn't go your way, that means you have rose-colored glasses. That's how people see it. Why don't yeah, just, you see it like me? Why aren't you? I made a joke last night, and somebody was literally in my mentions like, "Oh, that's oh, that's great, Chad. You joke after losses. I joke I, all the time. I don't play for the team or coach for the team. <laughs> I do, like here. Here's a like. I don't care. Like I care because I would. If I didn't care, I wouldn't be here. Right. But like, guess what? Three minutes after last night's game, I didn't think about that game until. Getting ready for this podcast. Right. Like, their winning and losing does not, any of my teams, does not wreck, you know, my life or, or anything like that. Um, But I also like to live in reality. So, like, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to pay Wes Miller $15 million to not coach the Bearcats anymore. So you can be as mad and as upset and say that we are this or we're that or they should do this or that. I like to live in reality. And so, you know, if, you know, I just, I don't waste time on stuff that I know is not going to happen. Yeah, I also just, and I'm sure you did this at a younger age, Dave, and I did this at a younger age. like 100%. I would be mad after games. I regret, and maybe this is why I am like I am now. Looking back, I regret how much of an asshole I was sometimes. Like, to my wife, to my daughter, after a loss. Like, just stay away from me. I am pissed right now. Oh, yeah. And... That's just a for what? For what? Like, what, what? We don't benefit. Right. We don't. There's no benefit to being like that. Well, not, for me, there is a benefit of not having to deal with an angry message board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, like it doesn't, it doesn't. Like I, I'm not mad when they lose. No. I used to be. I, I went through that phase, and now if they lose, I'm like, okay. Like, what's next? Okay, we got to do a show. I got to listen to this uh, post game. I got to, you know, do this. I got to do that. <laughs> Something big happened, Dave. Bruce Pearl just got teed up. There you go. There you go. But ultimately, like, no, it's not. It's not going to change anything. No, it, it, it's, I mean. It's getting, I, how can you joke about things at a time like this? Uh, here's here's the thing. Whether it's football or basketball, I think people listen to us and come to us because we are not like that, and because we we talk about the game and the in a in a way that is not with those type of descriptions or 
you know, it's, I feel like that's just, that's very easy to do. It's a lot harder to do research and, and truly know what, try to know what you're talking about um, versus just saying whatever thought comes into your head from a purely fan's perspective. I mean, we've, we've both said those things as well, but I don't know that that's what people really want to hear. They want to hear good conversation about the pluses and minuses and when things are going good, when things are going bad, how those things get fixed. Me sitting on here and ranting about how they should fire Wes or how Scott Satterfield was a terrible hire. Like, what is the point in that? Right. They're not going to do those things. So what is the point in us having those types of conversations? Right. And also, I just, I don't think there's anybody else in the market that that has the conversations we do. I think it's easy to have the emotional Well, highs are super high and lows are super low. And here, here's, you know, you the, here's the reason, and, and I'll say it so you don't have to say it. No, we don't talk like that because you go to every practice you're allowed to go to. Mm -hmm. And you have the phone numbers in your phone of every coach on the basketball team and probably almost every coach and support staff member on the football team. I and cannot if I confirm got, or deny that allegation. And if I came on here and just started ranting and raving about this needs to happen and that needs to happen and this guy needs to be fired and this guy needs a scholarship taken away. That does not do anything to me, but it does something to you. Oh, sure and, as, and as an employee of Bearcat Journal, I would be putting you in a bad spot. And I'm not going to do that. If we were just two dudes that had season tickets, we could say whatever the hell we wanted. Sure. No one's coming to us. Stay be, here. Right. So, yes. Do we take a more measured tone? And do we probably... Believe me, Chad and I have off-camera uh, <laughs> conversations all the time. But those are meant for off-camera and off-podcast or whatever. Like, And if if you, if you there's a fan that thinks that that's not, we're not strict enough or we're not hard enough, well, we're just not going to be that for you because there, there are relationships and there are other elements to this that go into that. It Everyone. is. It is literally how I feed my family. Right. So <laughs> literally. if I just started spewing tweets from the Bearcat Journal account about how this guy sucks or like I'm endangering your living. So yes. we're not going to do that. I would not allow that. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, what is our opinion on Viva the Cats podcast, Wes Miller ratings? It says the fans have a 4.9 out of 10 overall rating on him. If you had to give him a total grade, what would y'all give him big 12 year one? Well, first off, Connor, thank you um, very much for the donation. Thank you. Yes. Um, first off, they said they asked like 50, like they got a response from like 15 people on Twitter. Uh, I don't know that that is the subset that I no. am seeking out uh, for a poll. Also not a huge sample size. Right. Um, <laughs> 4.9 is ridiculous, I think. 
4.9 would be if, like, you know, they had lost six games by 20 points and they just look like they were completely they unready and unprepared for this league. Yeah, they don't look like they belong. Right. That has not been the case. So, I don't know. I guess what, Dave? Seven? Six and a half? Seven? Yeah, somewhere in, in probably that range for year one? Yeah. Six. Six and a half. I'll do the uh, no sevens, the Ryan Royer. I'm certainly not going eight. So then, <laughs> no. then I'm going... I'm going 6.69. Okay. I did this exercise with Ed and Jeff in a group text today, uh -huh. and I got 6.95 for my ratings. Yeah. I mean, I think it's right there between six and a half and seven. They were competitive. Uh, the games have been fun to watch. They have not won enough of them. So no. I don't know how you could go above seven. It's also incomplete because, like we said earlier, yeah, you go oh, you go oh for the rest of the year, my grade's gonna drop. <laughs> right, if you lose eight of your last nine, it's it's hard to be in the sixes, right? If if you lose yes. almost all of the back half of your conference schedule, getting a six is that's a that's a challenge, and you end up going. Two and seven or three and six at home. Right. Then yeah, the great changes. But right now, I would say in the six and a half range. They they yeah. and, and I'm not I'm not trying to do, I mean like I, I I'm I think it's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Like I'm not big on grades. Um because I you know outside of I think it's the outside, dumbest shit ever. Outside of winning and losing, I, I really don't care. <laughs> like it doesn't know, none of it none of the other stuff matters to me. We know. So, you know, not really good. Somebody said today your all or nothing uh, stance is not a good thing for the program, Dave. Well, I mean, <laughs> sorry. Like, there's, not, there's not a lot of middle ground for me with sports. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's your prerogative. And the conversation was was talking about like, has there been progress this season? Um, I think we would all say, you know, yes, the program has continued on an upward trend, but how upward that trend is is up for conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, if you if you went player by player, I mean, yes, there's some that have. Certain and granted, there's not a whole lot of returning guys that played a significant amount last year to say like that they Vic, Vic, and uh, you know not John because yeah. John didn't play a second. Yeah, Dan a little bit. I mean, right. Dan's minutes have been significantly more than they were last year. So yeah, I mean it's like that's a you know what am I going to say? Oh, Seamus has definitely gotten better. Well, better compared to what I didn't watch. I maybe watched one Butler game all last year. What what am I comparing it to? And you were definitely not dialed in on how Simas Lukosius like no. played. Or, in that or, game. The, or I, I had never heard of Aziz Bandago until we played them in the NIT. He <laughs> right. was not a human being that I knew existed. So exactly. Um, but you know, but I, but I also have no, I have no problem with it. I mean, I think it makes for good for good conversation. It's just not something that I'm like 
that I think that I think about about too much. Um, especially going from what they were in last year to now this year. Now I think it's a it's certainly more of a worthwhile conversation to have at this point next year. Mm-hmm. When you've sure. had when you've had a full season and we've totally gone away from football, but I mean, football, yeah. uh, we'll we'll talk plenty of football uh, once spring practice starts. But I mean, now that you've had a we'll full get back season, to it, a full season in it, you've had a full season in it and recruited to it. You, you know, it's a very I think it'll be a very fair and more detailed conversation to have next year. It's also just impossible because what do you compare it to? Right. That's what I mean. Like, you have to, you know, to give a grade on something, you have to have a baseline. There was no baseline until now. Right. Back to football. Back to football. (laughs) Um, And the reason we went off on a tangent is we're going to tell you. Like, if if we don't think the the corners are getting beat regularly, we're going to talk about, hey, they still got a similar problem. Maybe the three safeties over the top will be able to uh, do a better job masking some of that. Maybe it won't. Maybe they don't have the right safeties. Maybe they don't have the right corners. But right now, we don't really know. Like no, I mean, you have you know you have a couple corners that did did some good things at times, but then also you know had plenty of errors at times so they're going to probably get first crack but i don't think that that necessarily means anything i don't either i mean last year was not good enough across the board right i think outside of the five offensive linemen xavier henderson Corey kiner i mean dante corleone maybe jonathan thompson jack dingle like every position's up for grabs i don't give a shit what you did last year you they stunk Especially defensively, where this is supposed to be, you know. So I would hope that seeing the influx of of players on the defensive side from the portal, you know, George Young, Kellen Carroll better not be thinking that we're like the anointed starters. There's going to be a lot of young, hungry guys that, you know. I mean, I don't know what position they'll necessarily play, but I'm going to be pretty stunned. Come September, if Derek Cantine's not starting somewhere on the defense. Agreed. Especially with three safeties and two corners. Like, he's going to be one of them. Any way you slice it. Um, I it, what, is, what does the pass rush look like? And how much can we trust it? Because we know this offensive line was not good at pass blocking last year. That should have been what we know now. Should have been a telltale sign going through camp, should it not? Like they, they didn't yeah. get a great pass rush from they the can't. edge, right? Against a bad pass blocking offensive line. What was it? I mean, it was what several years ago at this point now, but it took us all about 45 minutes the first practice at higher ground to be like these receivers, these receivers can't get open. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then but you know, you have to wonder is the are the is the secondary really that good? And and the answer to some of that was yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Derek Forrest and James Wiggins and Kobe Bryant. And like the answer, the, the answer was in Arquan Bush, like, yeah, that's not a good wide receiver room, but we might also be looking at the best defensive secondary in the country. Uh, by the time sauce got 
got involved. Um, that's that's a that's a challenge to all of that is you have to yeah, figure you have it to out. Be able to balance and and try to find out. But but, but that's also but, why we you I should say you not me why we as a company why you try to be there every day so that it's not well today these guys are really good and then i didn't come again for four straight for four practices so i don't and, know and now they were really good again but what happened in between and is right. it just that they're good or is it that the guys they're going up against actually stink well here's the other thing on the other side of that dave you know still look pretty damn good when he had to go against the number one corner in the country. Yeah. Alec Pierce, Alec Pierce was good. still pretty damn good against sauce Gardner. Like, like there were, there were wins. Yeah. Regular and significant wins for Alec Pierce. So you know what? This guy's really good because that guy's really good. And they're both having great moments, if you will. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we don't know yet. Like we know, I think we know Xavier Xavier Henderson's pretty good. Mm-hmm. If somebody steps up and guards him really well, I'm probably going to wonder if Brendan Soresby stinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be fun. I mean, we've had we I don't know that we've ever had a spring like this coming up on starting Monday, Dave. Yeah. I mean, last last year was, but last year there, were, there was still, still a lot of a lot of holdovers from the year before. I mean, this year there are talking specifically defensively. Like, yeah, there are there are not outside of Dante and a couple of the linebackers. I mean, it's it could be a free for all. We knew that there were a lot of tur- there was a lot of turnover on offense, and that didn't go great. No. <laughs> 10 of 11 new starters was not a, a boom for the uh, the Bearcats offense. No. Um, any word on the new running back coach? Sorry if you discussed I missed it. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. I know you've had you had time to look into that today while I was uh, being radio boy. What I mean, do you know about the new coach? Sean, Sean Dawkins from Memphis um, had an all-AC all running back last year. Had a had a really good year. Caught a lot of um, passes too. Um, I don't, that's offensive specific. I don't know if that's what we'll do, but I mean he's got a, a long track record of being a running back coach. That has had his his backs or his running games have had success at pretty much every level that he's coached at. I mean he's got some time at like Austin P. They ran for. Damn near 250 yards in a season. He, Charlotte was with Will Healy when they had things going there. Um, and then I think this was his second year at Memphis. So, you know, it's outside of that. I mean, it was just made, you know, Twitter public today. So there's not a whole lot that we're going to have. Uh outside of what you can kind of google but you know it it seems like uh like we kind of joked on the board it should be the stock answer for every coaching hire in every sport seems good have no clue if it'll work right <laughs> or, or seems bad but you might say seems bad 
but you also have to then couch that by saying no idea if it'll work. Because right. we have no idea if any of these guys will ever work. It's You can have your thoughts and your suspicions and your hunches, but, you know, everybody thought Scott Frost was going to be the greatest coach in Nebraska football history outside of Tom Osborne, and that clearly didn't work. And we know here there were – there was a long line of people that were certainly not convinced that Luke Fickle was going to be a good head coach, and he turned out to be excellent. So, seems good, seems bad, have no idea. Here's good news, Dave. We are not saying uh, this will be his first time coaching said position. No. After not being uh, a player at said position or ever coaching said position is in his entire life. So, that's yeah. a good thing. Good starting point. Has, <laughs> has done job in previous <laughs> years. Uh, he was selling insurance, and now we have just made him uh, our lead sales manager on houses mm-hmm. um, because he can sell, so he obviously knows how to do both things. That's right. <laughs> And look, if you've gone from selling insurance to selling houses, I'm sure it was a very smooth transition and you're great at it. We believe in you. <laughs> uh, but it's just the analogy that came to my mind first. Here's a here's a fun one that'll make your eyes bleed if you happen to be watching it. 16 okay. minutes left in the game. Iowa State 33, Oklahoma 26. <laughs> Not football. Not football. Not football. Uh, I joked last night. I think it was with you at fourteen to two. Look, how do you how do you get a safety and still give up two touchdowns? It's tough luck. Did we really? I mean, I I think I might have saw this, seen this, whatever the right word is. Did we really make two baskets in the first half last night? No. 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 Okay. Uh, they I, made I two baskets in the first like eight, uh, ten minutes. Okay. I mean, I know they were for a while there. They were threatening to have more turnovers than points. Yeah, at one point it was it was what seventeen to four. The score. Yeah, so they they um, at that point yeah. had made two baskets. Yeah, I know, maybe free throws or something. That's all. No, two baskets. Okay, yeah, it was thirteen points to nine turnovers at at one point. Yeah, it that uh, football day football. Um. <laughs> You don't think this guy will be pulling coaches' videos off YouTube? No, I don't think so. Hope not. I mean, I'm sure for some guys it is a, a nice way to to stay on top of your game. It just shouldn't be your game. Yeah. You shouldn't be taking notes like, ooh, I'm going to add that to the top. I like of the list. that. I'm going to implement that. Dave, you, you put the ball in your hand and you tuck it up. I, and I'm then tight, I'm going right? to hit you with something. To see if you'll drop it, and we're gonna do. We're gonna go ten yards, and then we're gonna go ten yards back, and I'm gonna do it again. You do it in the other arm. Check. Oh my gosh, so freaking good. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, I don't know. I I just I need to. I, I think we're gonna have a much better show on this topic over the next couple of weeks because we will finally be able to and well, yeah I can ask people you get questions. mad at 
ask you yeah. questions and you can actually like answer them with things that you have seen. People get mad at me when I like when they ask like you know somebody asked in the mailbag something about like what, what do you think about this uh, heading into spring practice and I'm like well I don't fortunately I don't have to think about it because I get to go watch it yeah I get to go make my own educated for whatever you think my educated opinion is worth I get to make my own educated opinion on what I see so I don't have to um get out over my skis because i i can see the ramp the ramp is coming i'm gonna hit it we're gonna be in the air dalton connect finishes with 39 dave yeah because he's a dog dog it's, he's it's a lot more money next year than he made last year no matter where he ends up i mean that's that's at least i want to say at least his fifth maybe more 30 point game this year Is that good? Is that I mean, good? I think it, it's not bad. Um, it's not bad. All the defense in Iowa State, no defense in Oklahoma State. I haven't even looked at that one. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot else leading into spring football. Um I would hope. Usually, you know, the defense is ahead of the offense. I would hope the offense is ahead of the defense as we get started next week. Yeah. If not, we're having some tough conversations on here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and yes, look, I know, like Brendan Soresby's new, but but you've got two quarterbacks that have been here before. Um, it should not, the offense should look solid. 51-47 UCF over Oklahoma State for them. 15 minutes left in the game. Uh, let, let's get to some of the other stuff that's going around, Dave. I, I will turn this over to you uh, because you you heard some of my conversation on the radio today. I've been in for Mo all week. If you're interested in listening, I'll be in for Mo again 3 to 6 on Thursday, 3 to 6 on Friday, ESPN's 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Um, just talking about in general, the direction of college athletics. And I fear that we are heading down a path that is going to create something that has become a major problem in baseball. And that is baseball has become a regional sport. Nobody cares about, you know, I, when I was a kid, man, I knew what every team in the division's record was. I knew their starting rotation. I had a, a really good idea on who their their entire starting eight was. Like I, I was I was dialed in. I, I knew all of that stuff. And I don't think in baseball that exists anymore because baseball created because of the salary cap and because of this feeling of like have and have not and small market, big market, and and all the things that were kind of unique to baseball, they created a situation that was unique to baseball in that really nobody cares about anything but their home team. And I would say some of that is the, the product of 162 games. If I got to pay attention to one team for 162 games, I certainly don't have the 
capacity to pay attention to like six of them. No. Baseball also made it impossible to find the damn games to even watch to begin with. Well, yeah, because they baseball was in a unique – they had to, though, Aaron, because you play 162 games. Your fans want to watch 162 games or as, as many of them as, as are possible. So they didn't have a, a great choice in that, like, decision. But it also plays a factor in why the sport is – greatly regional right now i I don't want to see college sports getting to that dave but i mean i it it feels like it's coming doesn't it yeah i mean speak like from a football standpoint we've already i say we i haven't done any of this but they have already essentially chopped off a third of the country like a third of the country is not really paying that close of attention to the sport now you know you're and, and all of these things, I think, are they're long overdue, and I feel like they're good for the, for the athletes. But from speaking from the fans' perspective, like, I know way less about Tennessee football than I used to. It is, it is just to be a fan of a team, and we're all on here, and we are diehards, and so we are fine with it, but like, to be a fan of a team is work now. And I, it just shouldn't be like that. Like, to, to have an understanding of who is on your team going into a season is, is legitimate work. To, fo- to try to follow all of the stuff that is going on with whether it was conference realignment or name image and likeness or unionization or when the uh, hell is signing day? When, Do I care about this signing day? Do I not care about this does, signing does day? This third signing day actually matter? This this sketch, the calendar. Why are our coaches not co- getting ready for a bowl game because they also have to be recruiting in the portal and trying to wrap up? Like, there's just so much shit. If we're being honest, that yeah. it just. It, you know, it's frankly like it kind of sucks the fun out of it at this point. Like, if your team isn't having a great year or even a good year for their standards, like, I feel like it's so easy now to just detach because you're like, I have to work pretty hard to like stay on top of all of this. And if my team is not playing well, why am I going to do all those things? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and we, you know, we've joked about it in the past, like they're already talking about a larger playoff when they haven't even done the first playoff. And part of that is because there is no playoff format in place for after these next two years. So they have to figure something out. But so it makes a convenient, funny joke that like you guys didn't want a playoff. Then you had a four team playoff. Now you're going to have a 12-team playoff, but that basically is already going to get superseded two years later by a potentially 14-team playoff, which will eventually go to 16 teams. Let's not kid ourselves. Sure. Um, and, and you have the threat of 
conferences, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC basically aligning with themselves and breaking away from the NCAA, and everybody else thinks the NCAA is a joke, and there's no actual one. Like, nobody would set up their business model like college sports is set up. But yet there's nobody, nobody can take charge and try to to put the pieces back in place or make a business plan that makes sense for us, which it might not be possible when you have 360-something basketball teams all playing under the same umbrella, so to speak, and 120-something football teams all vying for the same thing, which is hilarious in and of itself. Like, But I just, you know... We love it, and we talk about it every week, and we're diehards, and I'll probably never go off of that. But, like, if we're being honest, like, Will is getting to the point where he really likes sports. And when he starts playing sports on the, you know, if he does start playing sports on the weekend, like, I'm not going to have the Saturdays where I literally just plop my ass in front of the TV for 12 straight hours and consume every every college football game I can. Um, and I think if things continue down this road, you're going to have a lot of people, even fans in the big 10 and the sec, like they, a lot of these programs already don't have a shot and they only play seven or eight conference games when they break away and they only play each other, like Mississippi state, Vandy, Purdue, Minnesota, you know, like Indiana, they're going to be even more dis you know, disjointed or disenfranchised from, from what they, what they want. And so, you know, they're, it's, it's frustrating. Um, It's probably, you know, part of it is the, the changes that have been in the sport, which the sports, which I have, again, I have no problem with. I've sat on here for how long and said, I think you should be able to transfer as much as you want. And that's probably a minority take, but the, but the, Catch 22 of that is then, yeah, it also makes it harder for you as a fan to to feel a connection to your program and to to feel a connection to players that, like, you know, you, you, you see a guy get recruited and he comes in and he's a nothing as a freshman and then he's a rotational piece as a sophomore and then he takes a big jump as a junior and then he's an all-league player as a senior. And you have a great senior night and you cry because – this guy has meant so much to you as a fan. And like, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. So I think, and, it's totally, I think it's totally understandable that fans at some point will just kind of be like, I'm already a Bengals fan. I don't need my Bearcats and my Vols to be basically the Bengals. So, you know, it there's, there is the, the nice part of that. They were not the same. And now they are very much becoming the same. They are. And some of it too, like, you know, you can speak on this better than I can as like an SEC guy. Like one of the things SEC fans pride themselves on, it's knowing quite a bit about every team in the league. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's going to go away by and large because there's so much activity because there's so much like, yeah, it was, it was always a challenge to figure out like, okay, how many how many guys are left Alabama and and got drafted and you know they're replacing seven eight NFL guys uh, and you know their their defense is going to have five new starters or whatever the case may be 
but you still knew like who had next, who was like, oh, well, yeah, they, they lost this guy to the first round. But right behind him was this guy who, when he was on the field, was a monster. Now it's this guy went to the NFL, and now there's transfer portal guy that's coming in. And I don't know anything about this guy other than, he, you know, he, he played at such and such school, and uh, he put up pretty good numbers for them. And that, that continuity, not just of knowing your team, but Dave, I think you would agree with me on this. When it comes to forecasting the Big 12 next year, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I haven't had time to keep up with. brought in 15, 20 transfers, and, I'm, uh, and guess where they all didn't transfer from? Games that I've been watching. Right. So, like, if I have a hard time projecting what UC is going to do, how the hell am I going to project what Texas Tech's going to do? Right. Yeah. It's 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 part it's, it's part of the sport now, but I I of the it doesn't sport mean you have to like it. No, because I, I certainly don't like from a from a pure and we're talking from a purely fans perspective. Yeah, and that like, was my question. Like that was where the question began. Was look nil is fantastic. What college sports has done to nil um, is hilarious to me that they've just outsourced it to the fans. And you have coaches openly, like I am making twelve million dollars a year, but you but are my paying... roster is not good enough because you guys aren't carrying your weight. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. out of here. Right, like and that, like <laughs> like that's the stuff that will over time turn people yeah. off. Yeah. Like it's not. Guess what, Mark Stoops, and I'll call you out because you did this when you lost to Georgia. And said that they bought a bunch of good players, which is just hilarious because Georgia can get whoever the hell they want. I don't really think they need one dime in NLI money and, to and do Kentucky it. Kentucky does nothing but buy players. Right. But like if I'm a if I'm a diehard Kentucky fan, I'm like, dude, you have the cushiest job in the world. All you gotta do is win eight games a year and never gonna get fired. And you're telling me that it's my fault because I'm not donating enough money. That's why we're not beating Georgia. <laughs> like yeah. Like get out of here, man. Like there is a tipping point that is going to come at some point where people are just going to go, you know what? I love my Reds. I love my Bengals. I don't need my Bearcats to be like them. And it's just the the calendar, like the NFL has cornered the market on making everything an event. Yeah. The the sure. schedule release, the draft, free agency, the combine, like we're getting to that point in in college sports where it's like you know the the minute the the 2026 recruits can get contacted at midnight it's now like a thing we got to send out texts and we got to send out graphics and you know we have to have legislation to stop having hotel rooms decorated for 16 and 17 year olds like I, it, it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know how the, you know, we'll ageism them, but like, I don't know how the older generation is even a fan anymore because it's so diametrically different than what they're, you know, used to of, of college yeah. athletics. Like, you know, like, I, you know, my, you know, my mom and aunt have been going to UC basketball games forever. Like they're getting tired of like the, who are these guys? 
They don't follow Dave. like we do. Like spring football starts Monday. It is going to take me two, three days to figure out what I'm looking at. Full practices with a roster in hand and more knowledge than virtually anyone on the topic of who is on the field at any given time. Yeah. And I'm going to stand there for two, four, six hours, and I'm still going to see somebody make a play on the two deep and go, who was that? <laughs> He's not on the roster. Who, who was that? He, like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. That guy decided he wanted to be number 27 today instead of 24. Right. Right. But, you know, six years ago, I could look at him and say, oh, that's da-da-da-da-da with a different number on. I can't do that now because I don't know what da-da-da-da-da looks like. I've never seen him play football before. Yeah. So if, if it's hard for me, who is one of the very few lucky people that gets to legitimately do this for a living, it's not a hobby. I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm doing it because I like it. That's the only reason you do it. But I'm not. I'm not doing it for the love of the game. I'm doing it because it feeds my family. But I love it. But if I don't know, how do you expect? You know, Bob, that graduated from UC in the '70s and has an awesome wife and has club seats and gets to go on cool trips with the Bearcat Journal crew. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Why was Bob supposed to, like, show up at a game on Saturday and know who the hell is who? Yeah. And I, and I don't blame anybody for it. Like I don't either. That's, that's the other thing is, like, you – again, there's so many catch-22s. and You want me to donate. You want me to support. And I understand that that is key. But I, but I, then there's no attachment to your programs anymore because it's just a new guy coming in all the time. And it's like, oh, that guy left to go get more money at X school, and now this is the new guy that I'm supporting. So I'm just going to keep giving, giving, giving that guy money now. Right. And I'm all for it. Like the the amount of the amount of um, you know taking advantage of that the athletes have had for so long. It's about time that they kind of got something. You know, sure. I but, still think it's maybe the greatest scam in history. Oh, it that is. the NCAA is outsourced paying players. Yeah, and they just they're keeping the checks, and and they're just they're just looking square in the face of the gun. The schools can't no pay fear. them. The schools can't pay them because then they wouldn't be student athletes anymore. But right. The, the, be, the fans, the fans can pay them, and it's totally fine. It's perfectly okay as long as you and guys you pay them. And if you don't pay them. And we're not very good. It's your fault. Yeah. Well, that's what let's let's be honest. That's what's going to turn a lot of fans off, right? That specific thing that you just said. Well, that's, you buy season tickets. Chet, Chet. You travel to bowl games. How you many spend thousands and thousands of dollars of your money already on this team? 
How many coaches? And now we're have? not good enough because I didn't pay the players enough. Right. How many coaches? We hear coaches complain about NIL all the time. Sure. How many coaches on good teams are doing the complaining? Very few. Right. So when you're not good, it's an easy crutch to lean on because sure. I just couldn't get good enough players, guys. I mean, I tried. I, I tried, I but we just, don't, and I tried. we just don't have the money. I make you're five, not giving me enough money to go get good players. I make $5 million a year, and my staff as a whole combined makes seven. We make $12 million as a football staff, but we just we can't get the players, man. It's on you guys to get the players. That is going to wear people very thin. Like, the faster they get to athletes or employees and the schools have to pay them, the better it is for college sports. Because this notion that you have to build my stadiums, you have to build my uh, uh, indoor Athlet practice facilities. Athletic performance center. You, you have to build my locker rooms. You have to pay for the coaches. You have to pay for the scholarships. Don't forget you have to pay for the scholarships. Oh. Um, and now you, you also, we're going to need you to, to pony up, yeah. and this is new. Football three, football six mil, five six million is needed every year for for the roster to pay the roster. Basketball two three million is needed every year to pay the roster. I know yeah, in the I grand know, scheme of college sports that doesn't seem like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Like I, I know we're being simplistic, and I know that there are expen expenses, but like I would go like, what exactly are you guys paying for? Right. You got 45,000 students and an endowment in the billions. What what are you guys paying for? Right. You're paying for charter planes and hotels. You're not paying for gear. The company that you have outsourced to uh, is, is covering your expenses in uniforms and helmets and cleats. And, you know, uh, you're paying for room and board for your players. Congratulations. You're paying for food. What? What? What what else? Like I can pay five hundred thousand dollars to put my name on some element of the new practice facility. Sure, you if, can. If if the team stinks and you fire the coach, can I can I get my money back? Nope. <laughs> nope. And thank you for your five hundred thousand dollars. But we've got a new coaching staff, and we're gonna have. Can to I get a little bit more because I need a, I need or, a buyout here. I need to pay for the buyout. Can I get a little bit more? Or what's going on across town, Dave, where they have a coach that they like and they want that coach to stay. And that coach is essentially uh, holding your fan base ransom that if there's not X amount of dollars in the NIL fund, I'm going to listen real hard. I'm going to listen real hard when this coaching mm -hmm. carousel opens. So y'all better, y'all better pay my players or I'm out of here not my responsibility how, to pay your players how are we for, accepting for, that how, they play for your university they don't play for david simone university but how did we get to a point where I, everybody was just like was oh just yeah you're right yeah i guess we have makes, to pay the players damn makes, makes total sense if, because it because once one team started doing it right and had, and had success to and had, it's the thing that we joke about with the photo shoots and the hotel rooms because I've always been like, guess what? You don't. No one's making you do it. 
Right. You're doing you're doing it because because everybody else is doing because it. Because everybody else is doing it and you don't want to be the one that's like, "God, I went to UC and they didn't give me a cookie cake." I how, heard how it. did they not give me a cookie cake? I'd be like, "These are ridiculous things and you're just doing them because you don't want some 17-year-old to to maybe not pick your school because you didn't have bags of Cheetos and the right color Gatorade in his hotel room." I heard it, I don't know, five, seven, I, I can't remember exactly how many years ago, but like talking about when kids came on official visits and when they went to other schools, there was this grand like welcoming area and da 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 da. And that they didn't have they didn't have that. And that it was something that if they didn't get fixed was gonna be a problem. And for me, maybe I'm crazy. And I know impress, first impressions are important and they mean a lot and, and whatever, 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 whatever. But if you're losing kids because you like because they showed up to their unofficial visit to watch you play an out-of-conference game against an FCS school. Yeah, and the band and the cheerleaders didn't greet them when they got to the parking right. lot. <laughs> right. What are we doing? Like in uh, know, in uh, what, what was the the program when Darnell Jefferson yeah. showed up, yeah. and then he showed up the next time, and he was like, "Where's the band and the dancing honeys?" And they're like, "Dude, you're already signed. They ain't coming. Yeah, yeah. you ain't. <laughs> they ain't coming for you, bro. We got you. You ain't going nowhere." Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I it's, just... it's there is going to be a point. I don't know when it's going to be. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But like, it just well, feels the crazy like thing is, you ratings only... are better than ever. Yeah, interest is bigger than ever. I think that will start to wane, though. Like I do too. The ratings Although will I be thought huge that for a couple of years. The ratings will it... be huge in the first few years of the playoff, but it ends if it ends up being the same teams all the time, less people will watch. If the SEC and the Big Ten try to do something together, I think less people will watch. Um, it's you know they've if you're in they, if you're in ACC country. You're in North Carolina. Why would you care about the Big Ten SEC championship game for the national title? No. Why would you care? We've, they've, you know, if, they've just totally know. lost the, the betterment of the sport thing. You know why the NFL is as good as it is? Because every decision they make is for the collective. It is their goal every year. Now it's not possible because of 17 games. Their goal every year is for every team to go eight and eight. Yeah. For every well, they team. Want, now they want half of the teams to go nine and eight and half seven. of the teams to go eight and nine, seven yeah. and whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because they always want to keep you on the hook for the hope and that we're yeah. this close. Like in college sports, like how many teams, how many programs, whether it's football or basketball, really feel like they're this close? Not many. Uh, Randy says you would care if you gamble. If you that don't doesn't... know, you're going to gamble less because you don't know anything about the teams. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I place a wager every now and again, but that doesn't mean I'm like as tuned in as I used to be. Right. So, no, yeah, I mean, some I... of it is we're getting old, Dave. Some of it sure. is we've gotten old and priorities change and absolutely. But, but we also like, we're also do the ones like my my age and probably like a little bit older. We're the ones that you should you would be trying to get the money from. Right. We're the ones with the 
that you should discretionary have discretionary income and the disposable income to like, yeah, you know, I had a good year. I'll donate a little bit, but like, what am I donating to at this point? You're you, Dave. We need you to pay for this. We got, we, if we just had one more a star corner, if we had a star, tub. if we, had, if we had, if we had this, this scoring guard, he would answer all our problems, uh, getting over the hump in the big 12. Yeah. And, you know, without your support, we're not going to be able to get him. And then if I pay for him and he's no good, do, do I get I There's get my no refunds, back, right? sir. Right. No refunds. It's, it's like the stock market. <laughs> no refunds, And sir. they're like a financial advisor. Oh, I got this hot stock tip. Oh, well, it, it ended up being terrible. Can I have my money back? Oh, no, no. You can No, that's not how this works. <laughs> Why would you Absolutely ask me for not. that, about that? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's just something that's been on my mind, uh, mainly because this is what I do for a living, and interest waning uh, is not great. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not. not. Definitely not. Um, we've gotten to a point where, like, you know, oh, Cincinnati's now in the big leagues. Oh, well, they're the big the big leagues are changing. Uh, we're 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 cha- the big leagues aren't. You know, you're not. We'll, we'll let you know if you're in the big leagues. Yeah, you're not in the big, big leagues. You're in the big leagues. Right. But not the big leagues. Like, <laughs> not the capital B-I-G leagues. Just the right. capital B-I-G right. league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's you, know. you know, I used to, it happens to everything. Like, I used to love the Mets. I don't pay any attention to baseball anymore. Right. You know, I used to like college basketball way more than I like college football. It's practically reversed now. Um, so, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, but you also have to at some point, like, you know, the NFL is Consider doing... Consider what the people that are ultimately paying the bills think right. of your product. Yeah. You have put yeah. everything on them. Viewership, ratings, like we said, building hey, the we're buildings. Just, we're just a bunch of suckers, though, because we keep, you just know, figure, doing it, bro. collectively, we keep ponying up. We keep doing it. So, you know. Logic says there will be a breaking point. Reality says, ah, I don't know about that. Let's see yeah. how bad they can mess it up. Let's see how many bad decisions it takes. Oh, yeah, I mean, we talked about the expanding the NCAA tournament but last week or the week before, and, like, yeah, you'll still – we'll still watch it, but, like, it's – you know, it's – do – I don't know. Are you re- – at some point, you're going to not be watching it as much because you're like, I watched these teams all year. They weren't good for three months. Why are they in a tournament to determine the national champion? Yeah. You know, I, I already think part of like, and you, you might you might disagree because you're certainly more into the college basketball than me. But like, to me anymore, like the first and second round is the tournament. That first weekend is the tournament, and then if my team goes, then I'm interested. But like the Sweet Sixteen forward is for the Sweet Sixteen the and the Lead Eight is like the most boring week. Like I don't even care. Like, get to the final four, who might actually win the thing. But other than, like, the first and second round is fun because there's so many games. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. 
whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. If, if Tennessee makes if Tennessee makes a run, then I'm interested in in what they're doing. But like, you know, I'll have it on because it's fun to watch and and I watch sports. It's what I do. But it's like, I can totally see where people are like, why why am I watching this again at 10:30 on a Thursday night? Like this game is just starting. Um, right. you know, it's gonna get over at one, sir. It's gonna get over at one. Two teams that I have no rooting interest in. Like I don't know a single player on either team. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, TV, 10.30 on a Thursday night. I yeah, it's um it's interesting. And they've done so much of this to themselves. And look, I don't I don't even blame the Big Ten and the SEC for what they're about to do to ruin the sport. No, this started long before that with with the true conference expansion and 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 all of that and right and being so hardline against giving players agency and trying to uphold a model that everybody knew was a farce and you know dating back to like when I was in school and if you I could have transferred to four different colleges and nothing outside of maybe some credits not transferring nothing happens to me but if an athlete does it they have to sit out um you know you can have a job but the athlete can't have a job and like so many just dumb things that eventually snowball into where we sit now and you know people are just not i you know i think some people are just finding other they're gonna end up finding other things to to put their interest in yeah. All right. You got anything else? Uh, we were going to, Aaron and I are going to hit on uh, the 14 team playoff stuff that came out. Pete Thamel and uh, Heather Dinich. Um, I know Ross, Dellin- Ross Dellinger Ross has Dellinger, a piece yeah. out on it. Um, talking about what it might look like and, uh, that entire conversation, I, I thought, you know, we had a different conversation to have here. We touched on it a little bit, um, but we're going to, Aaron and I will deep dive on it a little bit more on the nightcap that we're going to record here shortly. So if you're looking for some of that, you'll be able to find it on the nightcap. Uh, but other than that, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting, the basketball conversation we have a week from tonight. Kansas State at home, Oklahoma on the road. Uh, go win some games. Yeah. Change, please change the conversation. I'm going to have to have this from three <laughs> weeks from now all the way through the summer and into November. Yeah, please. let's let's please. not turn this into like a a uh, spring football and. <laughs> Like Bengals free agency draft podcast. As much as I enjoy talking about those things, it's yeah. uh, you know. Well, the beauty of it though is, Dave. No matter what happens, Selection Sunday will hit. The transfer portal will open on Monday. Yeah, we'll and yeah. We're gonna have that to talk about. So it's always something. But the narrative is going to be a lot easier if this is a seven or eight win Big Twelve team. If it is a five-win Big 12 team or a, even a six-win, six six isn't enough, is it? Got to be seven, right, I think? 
I think so, man. I mean, six and twelve. Six and twelve. You lost two thirds of your games. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you all as always. Thanks to Team Ticker. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, Turtles Brew, and thanks to Holy Grail for being there for us as always. We'll see you next time. That is the BCJ Podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.